Oh, yeah, second half of the show coming to you live from the Kintech studio. It's a fired up Friday here. BFF, it's Brett Fessling Fridays. We got guys naming dudes coming up here in just a bit as well. But let's get into it with Brett, former NHLer, former Vancouver Giant. Uh, you hear him on Sportsnet 650. You hear him tomorrow as well here on these airwaves. Brett, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Ah, oh, fantastic, man! Fantastic. Uh, I, I look forward to you know picturing okay what it's going to look like on Friday. What are we going to talk about? How does the mood change from week to week? Last week we talked. It's like all right, two game winning streak. Here they go, getting ready to go to Eastern Canada. What's it going to look like? And uh, the winning streak hasn't stopped. It's a, a five wins in a row, and like we, we keep waiting for the the, the, the shoe to drop. And they just have this like professional demeanor, even in a win last night. It's like, yeah, what wasn't good enough. We got to be better. Yeah, just uh, taking care of business. In my in my mind, taking care of business is the is the win song right now. And they're just walking <laughs> into the dressing room, another two points, kind of on the road. So I think they're just getting it done. Yeah, they're very businesslike and just it just making other teams try to win the game. They're not losing it themselves. So it's been impressive. Where is it most notable on the ice that that they're having this? Um, business-like attitude. Yeah, I think it's just, it's just. I mean, we talk about systems so much, but their neutral zone, their back checks, their gaps, it's so many little things, but it's paying off everywhere. Like, there's just no free opportunities for the team to get pucks three minutes before Miller takes the lead. It's a very, it's, it goes over to, Kachuk, he's got to go from the blue line to the red line and dump it in. And it's obvious Ottawa is going to change. And you see Myers notice that there's nobody helping him. So he runs across the ice to force Kachuk that has to dump it before the red line, doesn't get deep, allows the Canucks to get it out. There's just no free opportunity. So it's they're just making other teams work for every inch. And it's paying off dividends right now. You mentioned the neutral zone and, and that play specifically. Um you know, in in years past, it felt like teams were free through the neutral zone to come through, and and they always had speed. Are you noticing anything of how they've managed to impact that? Like, I I think we can all see the odd man rushes opportunities are, are significantly decreased, but teams just don't look like they have speed against them, even when the Canucks are kind of set up. What do you notice? Yeah, exactly. There's just no room. Like you can you can use that Miller goal to a T if you watch the tape. Friedman's down the wall. And then I think it's Miller comes and he's on top of the guy that's supposed to knock it out, which knocks it out. And then Cole makes a great play, but he's a foot or two feet away from the third guy. So they would have had to make two to three really good plays and then more just to get through the neutral zone. So, and then that ends up being the goal. And then on top of that, you have Giuseppe that's back checking hard to get over the blue line. So he's not offside. So it's just like, all these little things we're harping on are really, really turning into good opportunities and adding to the offense, which is which is crazy. Because I, I think when we talk about neutral zone, sometimes we, we we think, okay, like all five guys are back, two D men kind of manning the blue line, and and it's it's harassing in the neutral zone with with three with three forwards. But it, it sounds like what you've been noticing is so much of the work is being done early, like even in the offensive zone, just getting a body on a guy that that you're slowing their stride down, coming through the defensive zone, and 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 they're not really picking up speed when they get to the neutral zone. Yeah, I think it's easy to look at um, like defense, defensive structure and system as like the '90s Devils, right? Yeah, they're I, playing the trap, right? That's honestly the image I have in my head. Of course, 
Right, exactly. So it's not that anymore. The game's evolved so much with so much skill. You can't hold guys up. It used to be just forwards would just run picks everywhere and that kind of, you know, so you would have the trap, they'd dump it in, forwards would, three forwards would run picks and hook and stuff, and the D-man could wheel the net. You don't have that anymore. So all the gap is made up with, I mean, the buzz term now is surf, surf the mm-hmm. line. We used to call it get the gap. But D-man kind of almost at the top of the circles. You're already closing that gap on that forward that doesn't have the puck. Centers are getting right above their forward that's kind of trying to support that D-man. And you're doing all that kind of hard work to close those gaps when you don't have the puck. So they're they're doing it, and they're doing it well. And, and you're seeing just no speed come to neutral, exactly like you said. The other thing that's really noticeable is how they are growing into these games. Like, we were talking about three, four games into the season. Hey, the second periods aren't very good. Well, they've completely fixed that, and they, they come into today, they're first in the league in second and third period scoring differential, and they're tied for fifth for first period. But, it's it, you know, Rick Talks even mentioned, hey, the starts have to be better. But as they've gone through these games, and, and last night, they just they, they grinded the Sens into dust last night. Is, is this the coaching thing? Is this the players making adjust, uh, adjustments? as the game goes along is this a style play like what do you notice about how this team grows into games yeah I think it's a bit of all of it it's 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 kind of what the coaches the way the coaches want the players to play it's players are taking responsibility and staying disciplined to that and I think guys are just aware more aware of kind of the moment in the game of, of they're up they've been up so they just haven't taken extra risk. They've been really responsible. And I think other players are holding each other accountable on that. And that's what you've seen kind of talk and talk about in terms of the older guys taking the reins and, and really putting on us to, to get pucks deep and not turn it over. And, and last night there was a, some of that. Like Petey had an unforced error on the power play in the second, the backhand pass there. Hughes had a couple, but then you saw four guys in the right positions to back him up, and and then this Smith was solid, and he would make the save outside of the blue and be confident. So it allows um, some mistakes to be made, but they don't kind of compact into two, three, four, four mistakes. So I mean, they just keep that solid mindset that we call the business like of just working through those games. And you're right; it seems like their confidence grows as the game goes on and they just know they can lock these teams up and, and cruise to two point victories. You mentioned his name earlier. I, I want to get into it because uh, he, he just does so many little things. And, and you mentioned on Saturday as well, just the way Phil DiGiuseppe kind of like hooks a stick on the forecheck or something, just these small little plays. Um, it felt like yesterday he made the play that I, I just absolutely love. Like it's that drop pass to Miller on the goal we've, we've talked about. And then there he is just to, come in on uh, Bernard Docker, hook that stick and kind of use him as a screen, use himself as a moving screen as well. Just like all these little plays, like Phil DiGiuseppe just feels like the, the, the prototypical like teaching tape of details. I'm calling him Phil Detail Giuseppe here uh, in the last 24 hours. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good, Phil it, Detail. But, but, but he's doing it all. For sure. I might call him Details tomorrow in the broadcast. <laughs> Steal um, it. He, he is. Like that's exactly – yeah, he, he and talk about growing as you know games gone. He's growing as the season goes on, and that's mm. an amazing clip of him dropping the puck. And then that's so annoying as a D man. I cannot stress how annoying mm-hmm. that is. Taking the stick away, 
because the first thing that D's going to do at NHL level is just extend his blade as far as he can toward Miller's shot so that you've seen it lots. He tries to take a wrist shot, goes off the D stick, up into the net, right? That's exactly what you're trying to do. You're trying to front that. Giuseppe takes the stick away so he can't do that and then runs that interference so he can't even front it with his body. And he gives Miller more time to just line it up. And, I mean, Miller from the top of the circles with his snapshot, I think, Who's going to stop that? So, and it's it's just selfless, right? Like, so I think it was easier at the beginning of the year to. I think PDG earned that spot, and they've been really good the whole time. But then, as the Canucks have got better here, it's easy to run these little hypotheticals. Okay, where you can where can you improve positions, blah blah, and you kind of think of Besser and Miller together, but PDG's added his own value, and he's become his own kind of personality on this line where they're working as three guys. So I've been very impressed with him. I've become a fan and I think he's really proven that he deserves that spot on that line. And um, yeah, I think it's just fun to watch them game in, out, game in, game out, get better. And they've just been so good. Selfless feels like a great word for because it, it feels like we're harping on a small thing to be like, hey, this play that he makes, because there's technically nothing wrong with like a drop pass, slipping the guy and getting in front of the net and maybe waiting for a rebound. But suddenly you're waiting for a rebound for, for your opportunity rather than helping out your, your line mate to get his opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what it is. He's, he's not getting around the D-man to try to get it back and score. He's giving it to Miller and then giving him a better opportunity to score, which, I mean, that's exactly the type of player you want on your team. The, the other thing that really stood out is because he's, he's kind of using a screen uh, or, or using himself and, and using the D-man to, to screen the goalie. And you know, we kind of t- been talking about this week, like Brock Besser, how he's screening, and defending screens now in the NHL. It just it's, it's not how it used to be, as we referenced the 90s, of hey, just uh, – Here's a two by four and, 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 and <laughs> enjoy eating it in front of the net. But trying to defend screens in kind of the modern NHL, what do you notice of what can be effective? Yeah, way different. Exactly the same. You can't you can't kind of get away with that anymore, and it it's exhausting to do it. There's so much skating in today's game. It's exhausting to try to battle somebody in front, and then usually you end up getting a penalty now. So. Um, and then you know what happens a lot too is if the guy does get in front of the net, you box him out one side, and there's so much lateral movement right. on top of the blue line that it just comes back, and then you're on the wrong side of it, and then the forward has you boxed out, and you can do nothing really. So, <clears throat> I mean, it's changed a bit. I think you're more you're looking at guys boxing out early, where you're trying to not let them get to the net, or like buying time off the wall. Say there's a grind off the wall, and they come. You're trying to just delay time. And then also you're seeing guys just grab sticks as the puck's coming. So it's more of a, like, let let the forward think he's set and let the D get to where they want to go. And then when the puck is coming, then you can get that stick, box out the body on that side. That's a lot of kind of communication and working with your mm-hmm. goalies on where they want to see pucks and, and feeling out Demko and, and talking to him and seeing that. But it's just more of getting loose pucks or loose sticks making sure, one, they can't tip it, two, they can't turn around with a free stick to whack any any rebounds that might fall or sit there, and just not waste energy because I think it's just exhausting, and that's how you get guys playing more 25, 27, those kind of minutes. And and that level of communication, and we always just harping back on, on the word structure, but you, you, you watch them defensively right now. You know, one thing that really stands out to me is 
they are like skating hard to get back. And you know, traditionally we say that like go break up a play, but just in general, like even when the play is slow, they're working hard to get back to certain landmarks and build the defense from that rather than traditionally like chase the puck and, and race after it. And the way they're playing right now, just to what you're mentioning of, of guys trying to like box out and all this, it feels like the play eventually finds them because they're positionally sound. Yeah, and I think it's really noticeable. I would love to actually watch a game from last year and then put it side by side right. on, on D zone. Because <laughs> when you watch one of the, would you watch a poor team now, if you watch a San Jose Sharks or somebody like that, or even Edmonton right now, you could probably watch them. But like you can notice that they're just chasing, right? The puck's kind of going around and cycling, and, and then you just see their guys in and out reacting. And then when you find the good, better teams, and you can not just Vancouver, but they're going to go to where the puck's going to be. You're seeing on, in a cycle, instead of three guys chasing three guys in the circular pattern, there's guys going to the wall and cutting those, cutting those cycles off. And, and they're, and they have sticks and lanes and they're, and they know just kind of where pucks are going to be. Or if they do get beat, they're going to be positions. Exactly. You said where they're going to come back to them. You, they, it's got to come to the net eventually. So if he's mm-hmm. getting, beat he's not necessarily chasing with a stick around the guy's back he's going to the near post because he knows eventually that puck has to come in but that's a concept we always talk about offensively right like oh good players figure out where the puck is going to go and find the space and make a play and all that sort of stuff we don't use that necessarily in the defensive zone to think about um where the play is eventually going to go and and highlighting that side of it yeah the big thing is just trying to and and the longer you go the harder it's going to get so if you can highlight those areas and know they're going to come there, then you can limit the time. Like we used to have drills where we would, where you had seven seconds. So it would go in, you'd start a play and then you had seven seconds to get it out, which means you had to get either cut out a pass or put guys in the wall and break it out within seven seconds. And that just, just limits D zone time, preserves your energy, it preserves your wind. And, I mean, it is kind of the best defense is a good offense. Like, it's way more fun for even defensive players to play in the offensive zone. So the faster you can cut it off and get it in the other zone, the better off you're going to be. Uh, we're getting some thoughts here as well, 650-650. Uh, this text here says, I think a lot of success has to do with the coaching staff and the job they've done, uh, getting the boys playing a proper band of hockey. Does anybody exhibit that more than Tyler Myers right now? I know you mentioned the play earlier, but it just feels like these last six, seven games far more effective than what we saw in the first four. Yeah, and I think it goes back to a team thing too, right? I mean, everybody looks better, plays better when the teams, because mm-hmm. it's just predictable and you can do it. But I think, yeah, exactly, Myers. We talked about earlier in the year, him simplifying it a little bit and how he can be so effective because of his size. And he does have intelligence and he has won, you know, multiple awards. So it's, yeah, when he commits himself to uh, a like, staples game, and then he can play out from that. He's been so effective. It's like PK, he's been standing up on the blue line, his stick, cutting off passes. You saw last night, there was multiple times they flashed to the bench, and you have Talkit, other players, Foot, Gaunch, all those guys patting or Yao patting uh, Myers on the back for the gaps and some of the holdups and stuff. And I think a lot of those time, things go unnoticed for him because he can be really good at shutting things down before you even notice them. So yeah, he's been really good as of late. And uh, for this team to go further than, you know, everybody expected, he's going to have to play well and he's going to have to be very solid like he has been the last four or five games. 
Uh, so much time spending on on defense. Let's talk about some energy uh, up front. Uh, Nils Hoglund is getting a lot of praise from a lot of fans. Uh, obviously, a lot of expectations as well for a second-round pick. And and he's lower in the lineup, but it feels like in in this role, and, and this is a, a credit to the coaching staff for, for giving him this role, he has to handle the puck a lot more. Because it's 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 Lafferty, it's it's uh, Joshua, it's it's j- just a, a different caliber of player that he's playing with. Where you have to defer to Pedersen, you have to defer to the other guys. But in in this spot, he gets to handle the puck a lot more, and still he he gets the puck, but he also has to skate, and he's he's doing all these effective uh, things even in limited ice time. Yeah, I mean, I noticed him. He didn't have that much ice, and I noticed him every time he was on ice, and in a positive manner. So it was, exactly, he. I think the the depth roles now there is a lot more skating and there's more puck possession. It's you know you need to be you need to simplify certain areas in terms of turning the puck over and making sure you're not um, giving up certain areas of the ice. But there is more uh, puck handling and playmaking and puck possession in that game. And Hoeklander fits in that really well. He's, he does have a lot of skill. He had, does have some tenacity and energy, which we've seen. And he's making good plays. You and I did the um, analysis for the Edmonton game in, in preseason. Mm-hmm. And we said, what's, what's the difference here? And Hoaglander's biggest thing that we were looking at, he'd make a pass and he'd go behind the net. And he was on the perimeter, right? And now you see him out there. He's winning the board battle. He's getting it to the D-man. He's the one going to the net, causing havoc. D-men are trying to give him the lumber and try taking penalties on him like, to me, he's matured a lot in the in this month, and and you know I don't know if he's going to consistently be there, but it's definitely a turn in the right direction, and he's been a really good addition on depth lines, which I don't think a lot of people maybe penciled him in to be a depth guy, right? It was kind of like top six or mm-hmm. top nine or bust, but he's been really effective in these roles. So, I mean, ugh, I'm so positive for everybody right now. I don't know. <laughs> so, well. That's what's interesting about him because you look at it and say, okay, nine minutes, eight minutes, nine minutes, 12 minutes uh, last night. That's kind of what the season's been like. And it feels like the backup running back uh, kind of scenario of, oh, well, this guy with with more touches, he's going to be great. And I just wonder about, like, the endurance of it. Like, I I like the fact that he's playing this hard in nine minutes, and I wonder if you increase it to 15 or 16, is he going to be that energetic still? Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not sure he's going to be that energetic, mm-hmm. but I mean, I, I think nine minutes is really hard to play. I think 15 minutes is a lot easier to play than nine minutes. It sounds weird, but mm-hmm. you're just more in the game. There's more flow. To, ha- to be on for eight, nine minutes is actually more difficult than the 15 minute, I think. So I, I think he would, to me, in my mind, I'm like, if he's, getting these fundamentals down and he's playing the talk it style hockey and he gets that done then think about how good he can be as like a third line mm-hmm. player where you have more skill on that third line or you bring that depth scoring to me it's just like if he gets these fundamentals and he can be a 200 foot player then i think he'll have a lot of success in the league and he can be a very valuable player player to the Canucks going forward. Uh, Brett, we appreciate it as always. Uh, we got to run here, but uh, we'll chat tomorrow. Appreciate it. See you tomorrow. It's Brett Festling, former NHLer, former Vancouver Giant. Uh, you'll hear him tomorrow here on our airwaves. Calling the game 4 o'clock against the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, who are the subject of our guys naming dudes. <laughs> Love our segment. End of Friday. Just 
Maple Leafs, you remember, text in 650-650 as we get ready to uh, see a game against those big, bad Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll give them a little bit of shine here. Of, of all the players that have disappointed over the years that you've seen on TV too many times, you're like, oh, remember Nikolai Kuleman? I just I had to hear all the time of this guy is going to finally break out. Guys name and dude, it's Toronto Maple Leafs. Text in 650-650. Let's uh, try to go down memory lane here a little bit. Bick, I don't know what it was about that 55 in that blue jersey, but Jason Blake, for me, was always a favorite. <laughs> a favorite? Yeah. You didn't like watching Jason Blake? I mean, he had a good career. Yeah, for sure. I, but I don't know if I, I, I look at it a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs as, oh, favorites. Favorites. But the two fives is a good look. Very good on the island. Uh, he had a, like a, was it 30-goal season in 25-goal season? 25. 25 63 yeah. points. Yeah, his, his big one came in the Islanders, uh, obviously, with the 40 points. Uh, 650-650. Ponikarovsky coming in, of course. It, it was Josh Elliott Wolf's uh, suggestion as well. That's my uh, the first guy that comes to mind whenever I think of a random Leafs player. Right. Is Just because you can hear, like, the Bob Cole voice. and I'm not going to do the Bob Cole voice. I apologize. I'm not even going to try to attempt it. But, like, there's certain guy, the like Caberlet's one. You can just hear the Bob Cole voice. You're like, oh. Every Saturday was scored with a uh, Cabalat. Oh, I shouldn't have tried it. Shouldn't have tried it. Shouldn't have tried it. Uh, keep texting it in. 650, 650. Uh, Darcy Tucker is the first one a lot of people uh, think of. <laughs> this one. Uh, Jeff Finger coming in from Phoenix. 650, 650. Uh, yep, that was a uh, free agent uh, one gone wrong for the uh, Leafs. Uh, Alan McCauley. There's a good one. Uh, 650-650. Keep coming in here. Nick Andropov is a classic. Yeah, yeah. Toskala. Vesa Toskala. Yep. It felt like for years they were trying to just cycle through goalies and just be like, we'll, we'll, we'll get one eventually. And they jumped on the San Jose backup goalie too late. Like, the trend had been established. Then they paid the premium. It's like, Vesa Toskala. I don't know. Kiprasov was the one you wanted to grab. Jonas Gustafsson. Not a San Jose Shark. Yeah. Player, but a Maple Leaf goalie yeah. that they hoped would work. Uh, yeah, uh, this one coming in about, uh, yeah, the monster. Uh, that one's coming in here. Uh, Sergey Berezin, yeah, absolutely. Steve Sullivan. I always remember Steve Sullivan for with the interaction with the fan. I actually have a Jay McClement jersey. Let's go. See, this segment is built for that, for you to remember the jersey you had in your life. Was it a gift? Was You went out and purchased? You're like, you know what? I need a Jay McClement jersey. It was a gift. I, it was like a joke that we liked Jay McClement, so my buddy got me it for a gift. <laughs> uh, Alex Steen. I found myself a couple of weeks ago. You know, sometimes I just have like 20 tabs open. I don't even know what happens. And I had Alex Steen tab open. I don't, I don't even know how or why. I was like, you know what? I see Alex Steen's Hockey DB page opened up. Colton Orr. Peak truculence era. Uh, David Clarkson. <laughs> Dimitri Uskevich. Good shout from Scott and Surrey. Ed Belfour, Brian McCabe. Yep. Uh, man. See, there's there's some that, like, you know, we, we've done some and, and people really have to dig deep. The Maple Leafs ones are just, like, flooding in right now. Uh, dart guy. No, dart guy is not a Toronto Maple Leaf. The thing about the Leafs is, like, at least for me as a kid watching highlight shows, it's like I got force fed all these guys. Yeah. I can just name like Alexei Ponikarovsky. Yeah. That's why I brought it. Grabowski. How often did you hear like Grabowski is going to be a star 
I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I thought Jake Gardner was up next. Yeah. Perfect example. Like, fine player. Great career, getting paid to not play right now in Carolina, but uh, just just not out Felix Potvin, Wade Belak, Aki Berg, Carla Kolyakovo, all these coming in. Jason Allison. Good player, Jason Allison. Uh, 650, 650. Can't even keep up with the inbox right now. Uh, Roman Polak. Uh, man. Sperry Captain. Quick little uh, time there. All right. That was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Love love guys naming dudes. Great Friday segment to, to ride off into the weekend. Uh, right into Canuck Central. Actually, Josh, while you're here, uh, what's coming up on, on uh, Canuck Central? Ten minutes from now. Vancouver Canucks head coach Rick Tockett. Oh, after that, Yannick Hansen. Oh, and uh, five thirty into the show, Mailbag Friday. Putting in work today, Josh Elliott Wolf. Look at that, efforting, efforting. Uh, all right, so talk it, Hansen, uh, all on the way. Uh, your Vancouver Canucks head coach here, minutes away with Sat and Dan. Uh, good work today in the inbox, six fifty, six fifty. We'll see you on Monday.